Hi everyone, uh, welcome to ELI, the place where you get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship. And today we have with us uh, Ms. Hena Mehta and Deepika Jaikishan, uh, who are the founders of Basis, uh, which is a financial services platform for uh, women. Um, hi Hena and uh, Deepika, welcome to ELI. Hi, thank you for having us. Hi Priya. Uh, Hello listeners. Yeah, thank you for having us. Uh, I would uh, request both of you to introduce yourself to our audience. Uh, we'll start with Hena and uh, followed by Deepika. Awesome. Uh, so hi everyone. Uh, my name is Hena Mehta. I am a co-founder of Basis. Um, I'm here with, with my co-founder Deepika, of course, and uh, we're building uh, India's financial services destination for urban women, uh, a platform that is powered by financial education and communities. Uh, prior to basis, uh, my background uh, and career has been entirely in fintech. I've spent over 12 years in uh, various capacities as both a software engineer and a product manager. Uh, started my career uh, at Goldman Sachs in New York. Um, after completing my computer science degree from uh, University of Pennsylvania, uh, then uh, moved back to India. Uh, the startup ecosystem just sort of drove me drove me back here, um, and I joined EasyTap, uh, which at the time was a Series B funded startup. Um, it's a startup in the payment space. I was the first product manager there. Uh, then went back to the U.S. for my MBA. Um, I went to Wharton. Also spent, uh, had a brief stint with Square in San Francisco as a product manager for lending products. So uh, very excited to be talking about um, our entrepreneurial journey here. Um, Deepika, over to you. All right. uh, hi everyone, my name is Deepika, uh, the co-founder of Basis. I've spent my career of over 14 years now in a wealth management and fintech, right out of my undergrad in Bangalore, where I did my bachelor's in business management, went on to work with the boutique financial advisory, uh, was with them for a little short of uh, a decade, uh, managed investments uh, for families and individuals across the country to the tune of about 150 crores, uh, went on from there to uh, have a leadership role at a leading fintech in India called FISDIM, was uh, leading their corporate efforts over there, was with them for a little short of two years, at which point Hena and I had been discussing uh, bases. She taken the plunge into entrepreneurship already. It made sense for us to join forces with her background in tech and mine in wealth management uh, to create this uh, solution for the gap that we had identified within women and money. Okay, speaking of the solution, Tell us a bit about basis uh, in terms of what it is about, uh, what are the different products and services we offer and uh, what is the scale of operations? Right, uh, so what essentially what we're building Priya is um, a women focused financial services platform, right? Uh, to Deepika's point, uh, there is just this massive gap in, in the personal finance space among the women segments. Right. Um, under a quarter of the equity market investors um, in our country are women. Uh, 80 plus percent um, of women are either under or uninsured. If you're looking at both health and life insurance, 90 odd percent of loans dispersed in the country are to men. Right. So if we're looking across the spectrum of financial services, 
there's this huge opportunity to be able to um, target women effectively, build experiences, products, and a platform that is hyper-focused on women's uh, financial requirements. And that's essentially what, what we're building with, uh, building at Basis. Um, the solution is a communities and education-driven solution. So uh, while we are building a full-stack uh, digital financial services platform for women, we understood that gaps uh, did lie in knowledge and trust and confidence amongst the, the segment we're targeting, which is um, yeah, about 50 to 60 million women across the country. So we've built out communities where women get together, discuss anything under the sun related to their money. Uh, we have um, educational, what we call boosters in our app, uh, where, which are very contextual uh, learning modules for women to come, come on board, get the information they need uh, to make a financial decision. And we're also offering curated uh, financial recommendations uh, and products for this underserved audience, right? So women represent the single largest underserved vertical amongst financial services, and we're building a platform hyper-focused uh, on, uh, on women's needs. Uh, in terms of um, scale of operations, we, uh, we've crossed a, a lack of users on our platform, uh, and we've seen a high rate of engagement uh, within, uh, within this user base. And where we are now is starting to convert that engagement into uh, transacting users uh, with products across health insurance, uh, credit, as well as investments. Statistically, uh, we can see that uh, uh, women uh, are not uh, uh, well served with financial products and services, uh, but statistic is not a problem. Uh, can you tell us, uh, what is the exact problem that you are solving for the society and uh, uh, why that is not being solved by the existing financial uh, players or the infrastructure that we have, uh, 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 speaking of big banks or big insurance uh, groups? I'll take part of this and, and Hena, if you can just add on um, to that. I think um, if we've just looked at the last two years, right, Pia, ever since March 2020, just let's take the most obvious example that's been right in front of us, which is COVID, right? We've seen like record level of hospitalizations or irrespective of gender. But guess what? Women have been far more affected, not because she was A, just not covered by health insurance, B, she didn't know what health insurance the family has. She didn't know where the assets of the family were lying. If she was working or if she's working, chances are somebody else who is managing the bank account, she didn't even know how to, how to go about accessing uh, that money, right? So when we're talking about solutions, solutions start from these very basics, which is why we're, what Hannah was talking about earlier, we built out the education and the community layer first, which is A, you first learn, B, you ask the right set of questions because you're not alone. And we know that we're talking about half the population in the country here, like 50% of India, which has been ignored for the longest time, uh, do not know what to do with that money, do not know how to access that money. But guess what? When you talk to one another, you know I'm not alone. Somebody else has figured it out. On our platform, you have experts who guide you through this uh, entire process and, and, and solution for it. And culturally, if you talk about why they're underserved, there are enough numbers and examples, like you said, statistics tell one story. The other story is that culturally money has not been a part of conversations uh, in our homes. 
still highly uncomfortable if we were to pick up this conversation with you know say male members or anyone in the family chances are they're like hey why are you talking about this like do you think i'm not going to be around uh, while you can't say it to them very obviously yes beyond a point you may not be be around we do know that life expectancy of women is longer uh, than that of men we know the simple stuff again which is statistics which is numbers we uh, see that for every 100 rupees that a man earns a woman earns 75 rupees uh, which is all the more reason for her to invest her money because she's a earning lesser b that money is not growing because it's probably in an fd or an rd or in gold and or in other safer avenues so what we are doing essentially is a making her aware that these are certain changes you need to make because life obviously throws various curveballs and even if not if things go really well also you should know that your money is working for you and the, the solution doesn't end there the solution is also now we've taken you the first step uh, the second step is buying those products or utilizing those services which is the more critical part of what we're creating what henna talked about even the credits right like women have been let, left out of the credit card ecosystem as well again the numbers tell us one story 50% more women uh, last year got credit cards but are they getting the right products that they need so uh, yeah uh, to answer your question why women have been underserved i think that's going to be a great question to ask the existing fintech platforms that why they've not created solutions for half the population but that's where our opportunity lies okay yeah and just to to add to that as well right historically if you look at um the ecosystem men have been the owners of wealth right and finserv as with many other industries is a very by men for men space full yeah. of blind spots right if you look at any of these products and you ask a woman what she may be looking for the answer will be very different from what a man thinks a woman may be looking for right and so with basis we are a platform designed for women by women and that itself is um is super powerful and we can design uh things with with much deeper empathy and compassion for this audience well uh now that we have understood the problem well uh can you tell us what is uh, uh the approach that you have taken to solve this problem and how is it different from the approach that uh, tr any traditional player or any uh, gender agnostic uh, platform is taking right so um i'll answer the second uh, part first uh, priya and then um uh the bika uh, you can sure. you can take the first one uh so uh current um current players in the market right while everyone agrees women are uh, addressing women's needs is a highly lucrative opportunity uh what the issue has been so one is obviously as i mentioned um you know these blind spots in terms of really deeply understanding what women may need from a financial standpoint so that's one issue the second issue is it's it's been treated as a marketing problem right um if i create some marketing campaigns to um you know reach women i can have them adopt my financial services and products right which is far away uh, very very far away from the solution that's actually required to um to to convert this latent demand of women um into um informed consumers of financial services right so those are fundamental issues within the market this is not a problem specific to india globally finserv um as an industry has defaulted to men in fact uh, the women are uh, focused if if financial services were were focusing on women uh, or serving women uh the as adequately as they should should be doing it we're talking about a 700 billion dollar industry 
globally, right? So a marketing campaign a, a, or a, you know, a pink washed financial app is not going to solve this problem. We have to go much deeper into understanding what this vertical needs, how women make financial decisions. It's very different from what men care about, uh, you know, and, and Deepika can, uh, can add more color in that. Uh, and uh, without being hyper-focused and really going deep into, um, you know, the requirements, needs, motivations, behavior, uh, you know, of women and money, it would be impossible to, to really solve this. And that's, um, that's where basis comes in. Priya, if you could just repeat the first part of your question, so I answer it as succinctly as I can. Yeah, yeah the first part was, uh, what is the approach that you have taken to this, uh, to solve the problem? Uh, we have understood the problem, but how we are going to solve them. Sure. So, Priya, what we talked about earlier, right, where the approach we took was beginning with education and uh, communities. We built out incredible uh, learning tools for women who come onto our platform, what we call knowledge boosters. Again, understanding that a woman probably has seven to 10 minutes in a day to spend uh, understanding new concepts about money. She's working, she's hustling, she's multitasking, uh, homework, if she has kids, etc. So uh, knowing that she's probably going to spend 10, 10 minutes a day on her money. We created uh, what we call knowledge boosters. We have over 30 topics diving into, uh, starting from the basics, diving into complicated topics about uh, managing your money and learning more. Our communities and the circles within them serve uh, both uh, general conversations about money and very specific conversations. We've also seen that there's a ton of interest uh, that women have in cryptocurrencies, NFTs, etc. A lot of interest around credit cards. So curating communities where, which are very specific to uh, these learning experiences and conversations and encouraging these. Also simple stuff like when you talk about money and uh, you're talking about her earning potential as well, right? Which is uh, then creating a uh, probably the opportunities that we are aware of that, that she can look out for new jobs or coming back into the workspace, negotiating better uh, incomes and salaries. Uh, but like I was saying, the more critical part of it, all, all of these experiences and uh, the learnings and observations have contributed to the financial services and products that we've uh, created, we are creating and we are solutioning for, uh, starting with health insurance, because if she doesn't have protection and she just starts in investments right away uh, that's that's a different problem that you know what she built some savings but somebody at home got sick or she got sick uh, she had to use up her savings for that purpose which can very simply be protected with the right set of insurance policies uh, if you big big announcement yes we are launching a credit card for which uh, we just opened the wait list, right? Again, uh, access to loans has, has been hard for women for various reasons. We're talking about urban professional women here. Even getting a credit card has been really hard. Interest rates are very high, as we know. Interest rates on credit cards are between 35 to 45% uh, annually, and women have much better credit histories uh, than men or much better credit scores. So how do we get the right tools in the right hands, right? Very young helping them build credit history so that when she wants to take a home loan at the age of 26 or 28, uh, she's created an amazing uh, credit history for herself to be eligible to get better rates for uh, those loans. It might be a little premature to talk, so I'm not going to talk about it, but we have a whole host of uh, financial products and services launching in the month of February. So would uh, yeah would suggest that our listeners uh, get onto the platform and explore those as they come up.
what are the different challenges that you have faced uh, along the way while uh, building and growing this venture so uh, building a startup itself is is really hard right so um, you know as with with most other entrepreneurs you know there is the um, you know the challenges of finding product market fit right uh, fundraising um, is is another journey in and of itself and then um getting uh you know the best team on board uh which which we believe is much harder than um you know some of these other challenges uh that that i mentioned so we we faced our share of you know and we continue to do so right um if i know there's a quote by i think it was mark andreessen that said if startups were easy everyone would do them right so um it it is a roller coaster of a journey uh for us specifically uh we are creating a brand new category right women focused fitness did not exist before us uh definitely not in india but even in other parts of the world it is such a nascent but uh fast emerging space right so very early on uh you know we we did have to um you know make a lot of effort in terms of um pushing out our products pushing out our content etc because creating a new category is no easy feat obviously we see the opportunity we are um highly bullish the space is going to blow up in the next 3 to 5 years and basis is going to be at the forefront of of that innovation right but it comes with its share of of challenges um as as we continue to to build and scale um i did talk about it being a roller coaster ride i think the the biggest lesson for me personally at least uh, from building a startup has been just dealing with uncertainty right uh, we're used to very structured lives um you know growing up school college um you know a corporate job maybe um but a startup is exactly the opposite of that right so just being okay not knowing what uh, you know the next few months may look like having a long term vision of course but being okay to just um you know ride through all the all the bumps that come along the way and there will be bumps and things will not go according to you know the plan you set out to to do so dealing with unpredictability uncertainty and just a crazy learning curve is what um you know entrepreneurship uh, teaches all of us yeah i think one thing that we talk about a lot at bases and and being women entrepreneurs right we do get this question uh, and these are not things that are unknown yes let less capital is going to women run businesses etc i think if there's one thing that we've also learned is everything is figure outable it's it's also where your intent lies we can either keep stating problems and 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 wallowing about those or or we can figure out solutions for things that are within our control so i think yeah most things are solvable everything is figure outable it it is ex- exactly where your intent lies and what you want to do and how passionate about you are about your business uh most of the uh, product or uh, platform based uh, uh, startups which operate at scale they tend to uh, discover some growth hacks uh, along the way which work really well for them so any growth hacks that you have uncovered along the way uh, which has worked worked for you uh well if you build a product users want that's that's the biggest growth hack right uh for us like like we said we were we are the pioneers in this space um you know women have loved our platform and the biggest growth hack is that viral coefficient right a woman loves what she sees at bases it's solving um you know a pain point that she may have had for a really long time um 
She tells her friends, she tells her sister, she tells her colleagues, she tells other family members. And that for us has been, um, you know, how, how we've achieved uh, most of our growth uh, so far. How did you acquire the initial setup uh, uh, users to your platform? So that's been a combination of various things. Uh, Priya, we've uh, obviously made use of um, these highly engaged social platforms. Instagram, of course, has been a great uh, you know, way for us to, to reach our users uh, who are engaged um, on the platform. Uh, beyond that, we do partner with, um, with various um, other organizations and institutions. So we do work with various um, corporate partners uh, where we are able to reach you know, salaried uh, women who may be looking for better solutions for their money. We partner with other communities in the country. These could be communities of young moms, communities of professional women, communities of freelancing women, things like that. And then we, uh, we do a lot of work on the content and educational front uh, with, um, with women-centric publications. So these have been ways uh, for us uh, that, that have worked uh, in terms of, um, you know, getting, getting in front of our captive audience uh, of, of women uh, users. Uh, a big part of building a venture is about hiring the right people into the venture and, uh, you know, making them aware about the vision, mission, and uh, 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 or in other words, uh, getting people tuned to the uh, rhythm of the venture. So can you tell us how do you go about hiring and onboarding people into your venture? Uh, so multiple approaches, uh, Priya, and quite honestly, what we've seen uh, work is... Um, really getting people, we our, our early hires have been a great source of uh, getting newer people on board, right? So these were our early believers. And, and this is true for startups, right? You, you do recognize when you're interviewing people beyond their skills, beyond their education background, we, this word is overused, hustle, but definitely required in, in especially an early stage startup, right? So we've got people, uh, amazing people on board, uh, early into our journey, who've been our believers, who've actually been the magnets drawing uh, more talent uh, to the company. What's also happened, interestingly, is beyond the traditional ways of approaching, which is, yes, when we do have a uh, we do have an opportunity within a within a certain, you know, uh, a certain resource we need in the company. We put out like uh, the requirement, we put it on various platforms, of course, the traditional uh, employment platforms, but even within our networks, which is our personal networks or on LinkedIn, on Twitter, etc. What has been a great feeder into our hiring process is conversations like these, right? Chances are people will listen to this podcast and the right set of people who do want to work in PinServe, who do want to work with the, with the company solutioning for women uh, will write to us. And it's also interesting, our, our most recent uh, leadership hire, our product lead, uh, was running a business of her own, happened to come across bases, uh, wrote to Hannah, a really lengthy mail, making a case for why she should be a part of uh, this team. And, and that was one of our quickest hires in about three days' time. I think, uh, like I said, beyond skill sets, beyond academic backgrounds, when you talk to a person, when you read, so we're big believers of when people uh, write to us or, or approach us for an opportunity. Sometimes we've created opportunities where there wasn't a defined role, but when a person makes a case for why they belong to bases, what they will solution for, uh, talk about the numbers, talk about what they've achieved in the past, that's, that's a really strong case, right? We know this person has 
proven themselves in the past, we know they can contribute to uh, contribute to our growth in the future. And they are here for the next five years at the very least, if not more than that, because you want people who are, it's still whoever probably comes on to uh, this team, even at this stage is, is to some extent a part of a founding team. And uh, while you may not be founders by title, you are founders by the kind of energies you bring by the kind of uh, work ethics that you uh, follow, right? So that's mostly what we look for at uh, this stage, uh, culturally, uh, very basic thing being respectful of people we've had experiences in the past and, and we're building a business solutioning for women uh, we don't have a practice i know a lot of uh, companies building for women do believe in hiring only women uh, we are not there yet we'll probably not be there because yes there, there's a lot of strengths that men bring uh, to teams as well but with the very basic thing we follow that being respectful to every every person on the team we've seen challenges with other companies or generally stories we've heard where hey you know like I'm a bro I talk to the men very well on the team but I don't treat the women uh, well but but guess what if you don't empathize with women you, you're building for women and chances are you don't belong to a team like uh, ours. It's small things, but they go a long way in uh, driving uh, driving the right energies. I think also uh, when you're hiring people, you also look at people who want the right incentives. In an early stage startup, people who probably negotiate for equity versus cash, it's a very small thing which you tend to ignore. Oh, I'm hiring this resource at a particular salary. But then you might question... Uh, you know how invested they are in your company. And if, if, if they're not really invested, you can tell at the negotiation stage, you know that this may not be a resource who's gonna be here for uh, really long. And I, anything you wanna to add to that? Yeah. I'll just add one line. I think the power of a mission-driven organization is that you tend to attract people who are um, equally passionate as you, uh, as the co-founders in terms of building it, right? And so that's um, that's been, one of our, um, you know, the the pros of of, of building um, a platform like Basis. Okay, what is the meaning of entrepreneurship for both of you? How do you define the term entrepreneur? I can take this first. Uh, for me, it's it's building something you're just super passionate about. Right? Um, it's less about you know the typical things people say of, of you know oh, you're your own boss, things like that. Um, it's not that. Uh, you are the, you know, your customers are your bosses. Your investors are your bosses. But at the end of the day, you are um, coming into work day in and day out, uh, not because, you know, you're swayed by some kind of a financial incentive, uh, but it's just this passion of building something, making that debt in the world uh, that continues to drive you. So Monday mornings are not the typical, you know, we at basis, we say what Monday blues, right? And to me, that that is one of the the, the key perks of being an entrepreneur and what, what brings, you know, us with the same passion every day to continue building um, and solving for what, what we're doing. I, I totally uh, echo uh, what Hannah says and adding to that just one thing as an entrepreneur, I think also uh, early realization that you can't be doing a lot of this alone, right? So when we were talking about a team uh, and, and, and a lot of entrepreneurs use this line, which I find kind of silly that we are a family and, and, and things like that. Uh, very clear, I think at basis, we're very clear where we're not a family, we are a team, we have a common mission, we are working towards a common outcome. And, and like she said, mission 
mission-driven. Uh, people often attract uh, mission-driven uh, folks themselves. So I think even when you talk about like being an entrepreneur, we see this a lot. We hear this a lot. Oh, my team is like my family, etc. No, it's not. Families have issue have issues which are often unresolvable. Uh, with a team, it's very simple. We're working towards winning, and we're doing this to together. So as an entrepreneur, also creating opportunities for like-minded folks like you uh, to create, uh, yeah, to create a dent in the world. My uh, final question to both of you. Tell us about the interesting lessons that you have learned as entrepreneurs, which we can take away and apply to our ventures. Um, nothing goes according to plan. Uh, the sooner you absorb that, uh, the easier it is to deal uh, with, with being in a startup, right? And we've learned this, um, you know, at, at the beginning, if there'd be curveballs thrown at us, uh, we would get you know, really frustrated or worried or upset. But now it's just like, you know, this, this is part of it, right? You try 10 things, um, you know, eight of them won't work, but the two that really work will, will really help, help us hit it out of the park. So for me, the biggest lesson has been, uh, you know, the, the get comfortable with uncertainty. It's a great life skill. I think life also doesn't go according to whatever plans uh, we all may have set out to, uh, you know, to, to have, have created in the past. And so uh, great lessons from entrepreneurship there. Deepika? I think, yeah. So just getting on board people who are different from you or working with, you know, collaborators or, or outside resources who, who have a slightly different approach from just the way you think, because uh, chances are as an entrepreneur, you are over-invested in your company, which is always a good thing. But uh, you might think that this is the only solution that's going to work. But different people bring different strengths um, uh, to, to your team or uh, contributing to anything that you're trying to create. So bringing people who are from different like uh, approaches, different uh, streams of work who can bring yeah, the right strengths to uh, how you want to solve this problem. Uh, well, on this note, I think we have come to the end of the discussion. Thanks for your time, Anna and uh, Deepika. And it, uh, it was a pleasure to host both of you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah.